You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, it's almost is the season to be merry, but and we are in Advent, and indeed tomorrow, Hannah, you and I both have the license to be even more Christmasier than I have been. But you love Christmas, don't you? I do. We talked about it in November, um, October, when we I did. came in because we you did. just bought your tree. We're as mad as March hares, aren't we? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, I had that bought much. I haven't put it up yet, but you, you have beat me to it. You've we have done gone it. fully. Like lighting up the neighbourhood, bringing a bit of cheer. Why not? Now, professionally, you're an engagement officer. Uh, that sounds very, very interesting. You know, engagement officer. So you run around looking for men and so on to get engaged to. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> no. You're, what, so what are you engaged with? Community Action Network is a wonderful charity that supports not-for-profits across Dorset, Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul. And my fabulous job is to... As often as possible, go and have a cup of tea, slice of cake. Oh, it's um, a hard life, isn't it's it? It's dreadful. a hard life. And this season, I'm in spy. <laughs> and talk to not-for-profits, charities, about what they do, who they serve, and how CAN can support them. Because we have many fantastic members of staff who we have three different ways we can support not-for-profits and charities. Uh, and people don't really know what we do. So it, that's my opportunity over a cuppa and over the radio to um to, to spread it. the love now you said three different ways tell us what yeah, they well. are we have um an empowering team whose job is to give advice to people thinking of setting up a not-for-profit people who are running as a charity we have trustee training training on how to apply for grants um that is just scratching the surface it helps to, to empower the sector we also have um, a connecting communities team, which is the team I'm on. Um, so there are more people going around having cups of tea with people, finding out what they offer and what we bring together are different charities and different groups who can support each other and thus their communities. And of course, I mean, it's good that we can, we can now have a cup of tea and a piece of cake together because for two years we haven't been able to do that, haven't we? Can, of course, uh, uh, we're very much shot into the public eye because of coordinating the amazing volunteers that came forward to help at the the vaccination centres and in all sorts of other ways, of course. I think you had over 2,000 people volunteer. We did. That's the third string to our our bow is the Enable team who um, run a very successful volunteer hub. There's always a warm welcome for anybody considering volunteering, some, anyone who's already a practised volunteer. We have f- had face-to-face meetings this year, as you said, Blair. We've been desperate to get back and see people face-to-face. Coming up next year, once a month, January, February and March, there are three face-to-face sessions where people who are just on the edge of thinking about volunteering can come and meet our wonderful team in person at local libraries, find out a bit more about the whole range of volunteer roles the vaccination centers is just one one aspect one very important and public aspect but there are loads of roles and of course having been to those vaccination centers to have my own jobs you know i've been just i mean not just any old volunteers i mean <laughs> they, they they apply themselves diligently they do. Uh, but the other thing when i talked to many of them they would say how uh, how wonderful it was making friends you know and uh, learning new skills that's uh, it with a smile on their face that's it they 
um, don't always come with the requisite skills. And that's one of the other wonderful things. It can prepare people for employment, um, help people who are retired or between roles to have something purposeful. We were... You know, what you don't learn about wiping things down and disinfecting everything um, isn't worth knowing when you're working at one of those sites for good reason. But it's also the people who might be a bit wobbly in the line or people who've got um, additional needs and those volunteers are able to support them. And I think, um, as, as we discussed before, down at the King's Park site, there is a sensory room for folk who might find it harder to queue and wait and to go into a very medical setting. And that was totally... Uh, painted and bubble lamps and everything and that was all done by volunteers so really you never know what you're going to end up doing see let's be honest about hannah without volunteers the world would come to a standstill wouldn't it it seems so and increasingly over the pandemic although it's a silver lining we always say it's it's raised the profile of community voluntary sector groups Mm -hmm. and ordinary people doing extraordinary things well our little radio station runs mainly by volunteers i'm a volunteer myself Mm -hmm. uh but but it's lovely really and uh you know um all sorts of different people you know coming uh, uh, and whatever and uh, and uh, so i know exactly what you mean and it's true with all of these organizations you know yes they have some ped staff because you need that these days to support the volunteers uh but of course uh many many organizations they, if, well, if they didn't have the volunteers, they couldn't operate, could they? Well, absolutely. I mean, in particular, trustees. Uh, as you know, I believe you're a trustee on some charity boards, and, and I've just I become am. a trustee. Yeah. That's the, the boss of the charity, in a way. So these are unpaid members of the public who have skills or want to develop skills, sitting on a trustee board and supporting that charity. And that's, um, you know, it, that's a really important role. Now, over the last year, you and I have had the privilege of talking about a whole host of organisations. And uh, I think I, I say the same thing to you every week, you know, when heart on earth were these hundreds and wonderful charities uh, and organisations and not for profits. You know, how, how do you how do you select the champion, the hero of the month? This month, there was Carers' Rights Day on the 24th of November, so I've given a little clue there. Ah. We asked our members who are in a caring um, capacity, who are unpaid carers or um, volunteering or working for a charity to support carers, to pitch. And we had a number of very good pitches, and of course we chose one wonderful winner. Be more kind, my friend. Try to be more kind Well, that's a great lyric there from Frank Turner there with Be uh, More Kind. And, of course, there is something about Christmas that it tends to bring... I know that it can be a difficult time for some people, and, uh, you know, particularly if you've lost loved ones or maybe it brings back some negative memories. But if, but even those of you, you know, who maybe this isn't your favourite time of year, there's just something about the season that actually makes people a little bit more kinder and, and actually a little bit more positive as well. And that's important, isn't it? It certainly is. I mean, uh, if you look at the news, you could get really gloomy. So, uh, oh my goodness! Yes, um, I don't mind you. They're all happy today because of the football. Well, unless of course you're in, unless you're Welsh. Yeah. I don't mind you. Having said that, I mean to get to the World Cup for Wales, it, it was quite an achievement, wasn't it? There's that positivity. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> there's 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 every cloud they say Indeed. has, has a silver. Now talking about 
clouds having silver linings. Of course, you're always doing, every time I see you, you're onto something else, some other new project, and you've got something else to tell me about today, haven't you? I have. I had a wonderful meeting with our new membership lead, Marina, on Monday, um, and one of our other very experienced members of staff, SJ. Yes, it was over coffee and cake. Of course. We talked about business supporter members. We've been playing with the idea for a while in Cannes about how to encourage businesses to engage more with charities. So we've um, devised, developed um, a business supporter membership. One of the provisos, it promises that we will not be asking charities to rattle their tins at any businesses because what we're interested in is a fair exchange of professionalism. For example, if a business was looking for safeguarding training or mental health first aid training, could they perhaps look at a charity provider rather than a business provider? Brilliant idea. One of many, Blair. And probably <laughs> a lot more cost effective as well. Always good value for money when you go with the, um, the the VCS, the voluntary and community sector. So it's trying to encourage a relationship where the charities aren't begging bowl, but we're actually offering a service. Mm-hmm. So any businesses um, with a social conscience, which hopefully is all of you, um, please have a look on our website under business mem- supporter membership. Have a chat with the lovely Marina to find out more. It we would love to bring charities and businesses who have a similar audience together so that they can work work together and be mutually beneficial. And actually, as you said, there's an awful lot that ha- that happens at the moment because I, I know that a number of businesses, and I won't name any of them because there's so many of them, you know, but some immediately come to mind, you know, that have helped us here at the station. Uh, but of course, you know, th- there's that leg up. Uh, but actually, the voluntary sector uh, have a lot to, to teach as well. Definitely. And a lot of gifted people. Hard to survive is number one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, how, how to rise Phoenix-like. Um, yeah. what, one of the charities that we work with has people with learning disabilities who go into workplaces and talk to the staff about how to interact and work with people with learning disabilities so that they can then perhaps have a job in the future. It's, that's just a tiny example, but it's so creative, the voluntary and community sector. Um, what we're also... Yeah, what we're looking for is quite a lot of businesses know about the big boys. You know who I mean. I'm not going to name check them. All charities, all fantastic. And you can leave money in your will. And people who've got money for advertising can make that very easy. These micro charities that can absolutely champion can't afford that they wouldn't dream of spending money on that so it's putting them in touch with the smaller ones as well well i'm pleased you said that because uh, just recently i i did interview another very small charity and there's uh, two guys who actually have gone through mental health challenges themselves but having gone through these challenges uh, they wanted to start something and now they do pristine work in helping other guys but one of the things that that they were saying to me was that the big charities that you might not that there's anything wrong with big charities you know but they tend to get all the money. They do. And so I, so these smaller charities, probably lesser known, who are doing you know, just the same and sometimes even better work, don't get the dosh. This is it. As I say, if you're in the public eye and people have got a few extra pounds or a tin, they might donate. But if you don't know about an organisation, then you're not going to... Um, support them which is one of the reasons again that we've we have our heroes in the month and we pick the small guys who are doing that amazing work now we're about to reveal 
uh, this month's community here. Now, I, I'm going to ask uh, you to, you know, because obviously uh, you've, you've got Donna sat beside you there. I'd like to see Donna when I talk to her. And, of course, at the moment, there's a dirty great big screen right in the... Right in you asking me to move. My view, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so you just do a quick switch I there. Will. And then I will, I will put the button. So this is obviously, every month this happens, and the Community Action Network, uh, they, they put out usually a theme, uh, and then they get applications. And, uh, and this uh, winning organisation did exactly that. So without ado, this month's Community Hero in the Spotlight organisation is... The Leonardo Trust. Absolutely. And just say that again. The Leonardo Trust. Indeed. So, Donna, you are the manager of the Leonardo uh, Trust. Of course, you, you were also the manager of the Springborn Family Centre, weren't you, for a, long, for a time? Yeah, yeah, for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, Leonardo, when I think of the name Leonardo, you know, I think of, uh, of either one of those mutant turtles uh, or that wonderful painter, you know, from the Renaissance and so on. But why, why the name Leonardo Trust? Well, we were founded in 2001 by an ex-carer and um, uh, that was the name that, sh- that, that they decided to call it. I think it had a, a close family link. For, yeah. for for the person who found so it, so keeping the name of somebody within the family, mm. or or maybe maybe the the great Leonardo provided inspiration. Who knows? <laughs> so, um, now, essentially, what does the organisation do? So we're we're a really small charity, but I think we do a lot of a lot of things. So you're like one of those charities that we were talking yeah. about. You know that that does a lot, probably, but not getting enough resources. Mm. And we, um, so what we aim to do is to support unpaid carers. So that's people who are voluntary carers who are looking after a disabled or sick relative or friend. Um, and it covers the broad range of carers. So they can be, um, they can be parent carers that they might have a disabled child. They can be, you know, you could have a um, an elderly couple and one is looking after. Um, a partner who might have dementia or, or, or uh, living with me- memory loss, um, young carers, um, carers who are looking after someone with mental health uh, problems. So the, mm. the full range of, of different people and how it affects them. And of course, very often people, you know, provide that they provide that care uh, because they they very much see it as their duty. You know, mm. it's their loved one, their family, or whatever. But of course, it can take a big toll on them, can't it? Oh, oh, absolutely. And one of the the um, biggest things that we try to do is actually to identify carers because many people don't identify themselves as carers. Um, they just see it as their duty. That's what I do. I'm going to I love someone, so I'm going to look after them. Um, but the impact can be huge. You know, it can affect their mental health, their social life, their relationships, employment. Um, so you know the, it, it has such a huge impact and of course um, they, they can become ill themselves can't they caring if they don't look after themselves absolutely and I'm often saying that to carers you know who who's going to look after the person you care for if you're not looking after yourself because you need to be well to be able to continue caring so we try to support that 
Uh, now, of course, the, 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 the other thing is that I, I know that BCP have recently introduced a sort of a carer's award, you know, which where they're re- beginning to recognize. But of course, those are for the people that are recognized. There must be literally hundreds of people who are caring, but who aren't on anybody's radar. Absolutely. I'm. I would think that comes into thousands. I think one estimate was like 70,000 carers, you know, throughout Dorset. Um, so it's it's a huge problem. And um, carers, you know, they just, they just, they, they literally just see it as, as that's what they do. They don't recognise it, you know, under the label as an unpaid carer. So how do people come onto your radar? How, how do you identify who they are? Okay, so we... Um, uh, because we we kind of um, supply grants, awards, equipment, um, lots of different things. Um, very often, uh, social care professionals will refer to us, doctors, um, you know, local practitioners within community care, um, and carers themselves will, will approach us. I mean, there are a couple of big carers organisations throughout Dorset now, and um, they will uh, refer, refer to us as well. So. So we try and get ourselves out there as much as we can. So then having you know, a name come your way, then uh, do you go out and meet them? Are you able to assess you know, that what they're actually doing and in order to provide some support to them? So usually we will have a chat with them and um, see what, what we might be able to support them with. Sometimes they have something very specific in mind um, and that can go straight um, into an application and then be looked at and hopefully approved um, and then we can supply or, um, or support them with, with something specific. You know, we're very keen on things which gets a carer you know, and back out into society. So they might have won a gym membership or something like that or an educational course. And you said you, know. you provide small grants as well. Yeah, yeah. And what what would those grants be for? Would that be maybe to have a short break? Yeah, I mean, we have our own holiday home, so um, we can provide free short breaks to carers. um, And we can also sort of help with things like maybe... uh, travelling to because they want to do a day trip to London or you know things little, like that little things but make a big difference yeah. of course you're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk well, my very special guest today and the organisation which is the community hero in the spotlight is the Leonardo Trust and Donna Blanche is the, is a manager down there. And we've just been talking uh, really a bit an overview about the charity. But there's some special things that, that you do, Donna. But before we maybe talk about those, um, COVID, of course, is a very, very challenging time for all of us. I can't believe it's been two years, you know. How, how did you, as a small charity, how, how did you cope during that time? Um, it was, uh, it had a huge impact on us and also on on. Because you uh, couldn't see your carers, could you? No, we, I mean, we very quickly, we were all office-based, had no real technology to enable us to 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 go remotely but so we had to quickly sort of adapt um we launched a helpline um I managed was that a telephone helpline yeah so we launched mm. a helpline for carers um and we also uh, worked in conjunction with um some other organizations and we were able to uh provide hot meals so we were doing like 200 meals a week 
Um, because for some carers, they were shielding, they couldn't get to the person they cared and for. And isolated, I suppose, as, yeah. a, as a result of that. So we were providing hot meals very often for the person they cared for. Um, we also did masks for carers, because if you remember, you couldn't get a, a, a mask initially, yeah. could you? And so we launched that and we offered a free mask um, and we were having them made by lots of volunteers. So it's a cloth mask and we were supplying those free of charge to carers. Um, so we we were really proud of, of actually how quickly we adapted and what we were able to do. But the impact is is lasting and, and the, the legacy of COVID for carers, you know, still still carries on. But isn't that just typical, you know, uh, because there you are, something that was de- potentially devastating for us all. And what do you do? You step up to the plate and I suppose reinvent yourself in, so- in, in some ways and maybe discover areas that you didn't know you could really provide. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, did you get lots of support for that? Um, we, I mean, we... Um, there were amazing volunteers out there. I mean, we had a whole um, bank of, of volunteer drivers who were delivering the meals for us, um, things like that. The, all the, the people who were sewing the masks. I mean, so everybody wanted to sort of chip in in the community and, and try to help and support uh, people, especially those who are really vulnerable. So, I mean, I, I found it very uplifting. It was very, um, it was uh, wonderful to see because some of the things on the helpline were quite distressing, but we were to be able to put instant help in was was lovely. You know, I love my job. I'm proud of what we do. I can and- tell you do, Donna. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you speak with such passion about it, with a smile on your face. You, you can't see the smile yeah. on Donna's face, but believe me, she's smiling and, uh, and beaming. Yeah. And I guess it's because you're making a very real difference in the lives of those wonderful carers. You know, who who actually do such amazing work. Now, talking about the carers, of course, you're embarking. On a, on a training course um. so what we're doing it, what, what, it's, it's actually an organisation that um, was run by volunteers for um, many years called Oakley Friends mm-hmm. and, and we've actually now we've sort of taken it over and are supporting that financially but we work with a lo- uh, an, another lovely organisation called Prima Life um, who, support, who help us to, to run it so they have a monthly support group for carers so th- who are caring for somebody living with dementia um, and they also run a twice yearly carer information course um, and that covers lots of topics to help making their caring role easier so any information that people want for that if they contact um, us we can provide um, that and tell them the next course or the next um, in, uh, monthly support group when the next date is now you, you talk about 10 key uh, topics uh, to make life uh, easier for those who care mm. i mean give us a flavor of some of those things so it'd be things like uh, dementia awareness what does it actually feel like for somebody who um, might uh, might be experiencing dementia or memory loss Um, so that gives the carer a better understanding um, of why uh, um, their person they they love why why they're doing the things that they do Um, uh, uh, memory assessment how do you assess that continence support uh, benefits and legal advice you know what aids and adaptations might help um, so all, it's a, there's an absolute raft of information. We have some lovely um, people volunteering their time to, to come and talk to the group. So we have a, um, a wonderful doctor who comes and talks, you know, nurses um, and also from the voluntary sector as well. Uh, fantastic. And partnership work, uh, 
as well. Now, obviously, all this fantastic work that we've been hearing about, it takes uh, quite a lot of oiling, uh, you know, a lot of, of financial resource to make those wheels turn, to do the work that you do. How do you, how do you get that money? We are entirely funded by um, donations, so um, we don't we do, we we don't get funding from like the local authority or from um, the government. So you're one of those organisations that we talked about later on, small organisation, but but without really getting a, a regular supply mm. of cash in recognition of what of the amazing difference mm. that you're making to people's lives. Absolutely, and every pound that we received in, in a donation goes to to the good work. And the you know we're a very small team. We're absolutely wonderfully hardworking team. There's only four of us, um, so we don't have lots of administration costs and things like that. We try to, you know, all the money we raise, we try to get um, to put that to good use to supporting carers. And you know, if anyone would like to find out more about us, please contact our or have a look at our website, which uh, is the address. So. It's uh, leonardotrust.org. Org. It's dead easy, isn't it? Leonardotrust.org. Yeah. Org, yeah. And, and there's uh, things on there about different ways you can donate and our just uh, links to our Just Giving page and things like that. Well, Donna, finally, and thank you so much. And many congratulations on being uh, selected. And I can see why you've been selected. It's just such pristine work. But, you know, if, if money was no object and, 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 and you could do anything that you wanted to do as an organisation, what, what would your vision be for the future going forward? More of the same or... I think, you know, we, there's definitely opportunities for us to expand. I mean, we we cover the whole of Dorset, um, so there's always much more that we could do. And we're always limited by, by you know, lack of funding. And, and um, But in the future, I mean, I we'd love to see carers' centres, so information and advice centres that carers can visit. Maybe another holiday centre. I bet you that's well used. Yeah, yeah. yeah the holiday home is absolutely it's so popular. Where, where is it? It's um, over in Bridport in uh, Freshwater Beach Holiday Park. 